Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 105. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, Enjoying good the summer. Yeah, it's finally here this week. We've had nothing but rain since I talked to you last, and uh, now it looks like we're finally going to get some sun again, which is good great. grief. Yeah, it's and bad. We're in July. We're we're moving towards the middle of July here, bud. I mean. You guys are going to be very short on summer. I planted stuff in my garden, like, the beginning of May, end of April, that hasn't really grown much. Yeah, I bet. It's unreal. Anyways, that's that's a whole other story. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Well, we have a nominee from the president for the Supreme Court. Right. It's Brett Kavanaugh. Now, Brett Kavanaugh was the second choice to Gorsuch. He was also a clerk for the outgoing Justice Kennedy. Oh, okay. He, I don't know. Some people are a little surprised by this choice. Well, um, I am. I, I am a little bit. I am, because I have never heard of him before. So, that's well, my surprise. Well, I've heard of him. But he is, in many ways, considered part of the establishment. Hmm, okay. Okay. He was the chief clerk for GW, George W. Bush. Oh, wow. He married George W.'s personal secretary. Oh, wow. (laughs) There you go. In his speech last night, he was very intent on speaking about inclusiveness. Okay. Um, He started out talking about his mother, kind of bringing that woman, female, element in and then he brought in that african-american element Hmm. talked a little bit about his mom being a teacher his mom being a judge um he talked a little bit about sports he talked about a lot about his children he really tried to humanize himself now one thing that surprises me about trump picking this one he had the most opinions more than 300 Now, one of the ways the Senate vets the Supreme Court nominees is to read everything, made an opinion about. This guy had the most. The Dems could use that as a stall tactic. I kind of thought the Haddock guy would have been his choice because he had the least amount. He also had driven a cab to put himself through law school, uh, George Mason in D.C., he is also a very good friend of Trump's sister. Trump's sister is a judge. Oh, okay. So I kind of thought it would be him. So I am shocked. So um, would I, you say he's left, right, or down the center? I'd say he's he is 
very right and very down the center. And I'll tell you why I say that. He is all about big government, which is a little difficult for a lot of Republicans, especially libertarian Republicans. It's difficult for them to swallow. He believes in NSA spying, meaning he's okay and has written an opinion on the fact that NSA can record your cell phone. Wow, okay. That is not something that most Republicans enjoy, and libertarians are strongly opposed to it. Yeah, so I guess I am a little bit shocked by the appointment then. Wow. Yeah, and for the pure fact that he worked for George W. does reek of establishment. I think people are right when they say that. He probably personally is, he's very religious, he's Catholic. However, I don't see him being any type of threat to Roe versus Wade or overturning abortion. Doesn't seem like something that would be on his agenda. He would definitely be anti-abortion right? from his devout Catholicism. But he has definitely not giving, given any kind of indication that he would overthrow a 45-year-old Supreme Court opinion. Right. That would be just and, and it's suicide. silly to throw that out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, first of all, Judge Roberts, who is the Chief Justice, has no intentions of doing it. Right. Throwing that back in the pot. Yeah. Yes. The way that case was decided was wrong. Not that it was wrong to say that about abortion, to legalize it, but the way the law was manipulated to make it work. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're not lawyers, so we'll let somebody else get into that. Yeah, we'll just let that slide. Yeah. But it is it is a peculiar choice. Of course the Democrats are coming out today, they're saying do you vote against him, even if it means you lose your seat in the midterms. That's what <laughs> Dick Durbin's calling for. Now that's political suicide. Yeah. Is that the way it's gonna go down? Does anyone on the Democrat side give a damn what Dick Durbin says? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I guess it'll remain to be seen, that's for sure. Yeah, I guess. But with Brett Kavanaugh, there are a couple of things that a Democrat could grab onto and say, hey, there could have been someone more right-wing, more act, you know, more of an activist. Um, However, on principle, I don't know that they will. No, there's no way. (laughs) Um, John McCain, they say, is too sick to vote. We only have one vote to burn on the Republican side. So either we need one or two Dems, or we need everybody to buckle up and vote for this guy. I think he's a good pick. There's just some reasons why... I'm a little shocked that Trump went with this wreck. Right. Okay. So we'll see what happens, and it's going to be very exciting. Uh, McConnell wants to vote on this in the 1st of October. The first part of November will be midterms. That's going to be in the voters' minds what these guys do on the Supreme Court justice. Very important to the American people. And that's something they remember. They're not going to forget that in a month. Okay. The president is on his way to Brussels for a NATO meeting. Now, things are a little (laughs) contentious. Yeah, I'd say. 
the president of the United States and the NATO members? Yeah, I'd say. In fact, when he was boarding his plane to head for Brussels, he said that Putin might be easier to deal with than the members of NATO. Yeah, but he wow. said that. You know, I think he's got a point, okay? Here's, here's what he tweeted. Here's a couple of tweets. And the United States is spending far more on NATO than any other country. This is not fair, nor is it acceptable. While these countries have been increasing their contributions since I took office, they must do more. Germany is paying 1%, while the United States is paying 4%. Now, that's of GDP. The agreement in NATO is that each country pays 2% of their, their own GDP. Okay. Okay? Okay. I'm surprised Canada is not paying 20% like we are with the world's carbon tax. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know what uh, Canada pays. It'd be interesting. I don't, I don't know. We, we need to look that up because I, I don't know. I know that that was what he tweeted yesterday afternoon. This morning, he said, many countries in NATO, which we are expected to defend, are no, not only short of their current commitment of 2%, which is low, but are also delinquent for many years. He wants back pay. It's like titles. Oh, wow. okay? um, um, they haven't been made. Will they reimburse the United States, he said, us. Wow. Okay. I he's mean, got a point. I, I, I think he's got a point. Yeah, I think he does uh, have I'd a like point. I'd like to know where um, I'm surprised Germany, because Germany's got money. Germany should be doing better than 1%. Yeah, and Canada's got 18 used jets from Australia. We could use those. <laughs> <laughs> Have they delivered those yet? Uh, no, I think Trudeau is fixing uh, his minivan first, and then he's going to like pull the jets in, <laughs> fix those. And But I think he's been busy, so he hasn't had time to fix them yet. So. He's going to have to get a yacht. Yeah, he's just going to have to uh, go back to teaching drama, I think. That would be good yeah, for him. Yeah, that would be yeah. a good move. Good drama, yeah. He's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, the lovers. We love to talk about the FBI lovers. Yes. Lisa yeah. Page and Peter Stroke. Yeah, I, I don't think they're still lovers. I, th I think that kind of It's went, over. It's yeah, over. Yeah, I, I think that went, went down south. Anyway, both of them are scheduled to testify this week. They have been subpoenaed. Let's talk. You know, Peter Stroke went behind closed doors two weeks ago, but that was on his own accord, and he didn't really answer a lot of the questions. Right. Now, Lisa is due tomorrow behind closed doors. Her attorney's trying to get her out of it, though, today, so that may not actually take place. Uh, okay. She, she's kind of getting cold feet, as the president said in a tweet earlier. Peter is supposed to be on Thursday publicly, Supposedly, he's trying to get out of it, and he wanted to go public. So, things are changing. Yeah, these aren't public, like, questionings. These are, like, behind closed doors, right? Well, no, the one for Peter is supposed to be um, public on Thursday. Oh. Yeah, he's trying to get out of that, but he wanted the first one to be public. Now he's trying to get out of the second one that's supposed to be public. I have a feeling that, you know, they wanted to put their own spin on their tweet story because... You know, basically, right now, all we have is their tweets, and we know that they were certainly biased right. against the president. Right. Yeah. You know, in fact, they were planning and plotting, or, you know, what some people have said, well, maybe they were trying to impress each other as lovers. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, they got to they got to do a lot of fast talking. But this problem in the FBI is bigger than the two lovers, even though they're kind of interesting. There were more people, you know. They they talk about Andrew McCabe and their tweets. So we at least know the fingers went out that far. Right. So it's hairy. It's crazy. We'll see if they actually testify this week. If Peter Stroke goes public and they have it on TV Thursday, I will be doing the popcorn thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And enjoying every minute of it. No doubt. It'll be interesting. Well, Giuliani came out of the shadows over the weekend. That's always fun. Oh, is it six weeks of summer, more summer or something, when he comes out and sees the show? <laughs> yeah. Well, something like that. Well, I hope so. Anyway, I'm not sure whether he's like the legal spokesperson or whether he's a serious attorney for the president. Nevertheless, he brought up a couple of good points. He shared that the interview between the president and Mueller is becoming less likely. Hmm. And you go, well, why? Because we thought he wanted to justify. He said, yeah, he does. But what were the grounds that this, this special counsel was based on? You know, what kind right. of intelligence? What kind of crime was there even a head talk? Right. Well, he's not getting an answer. And I agree. First of all, I don't think the president should testify at all while he's president. That's just my opinion. Well, it's already been proven that what they said was a total lie. What they based it off of to begin with was a total lie. So what are they going to say? Well, yeah, and you, you would have thought that by now they could have at least concocted something Yeah. if there was sure. something there because they went on a fishing trip or, as the president calls it, a witch hunt. Right. Nevertheless, the public is growing weary, not just you and me. 63% of the people polled said, you know what, this special counsel needs to come to an end. This was a waste of time and money. And, you know, a few months ago, they had already spent $16 million and had basically nothing. I mean, they've slammed a couple of people for stupid crimes that have absolutely nothing to do with Russia. Yeah, exactly. And should have been taken up in other courts, certainly not with the special counsel. Absolutely. Unless, except, you know, as a fishing expedition. Now, I listened to an interview with Andy McCarthy. Now, Andy McCarthy was a prosecutor that several years ago worked under Giuliani. Right. In that southern New York district, you know, that takes up New York City, Manhattan area. Yeah, prosecutor? Uh-huh. Okay. And he... He brought up a point that I think has totally went over everybody else's head. The Mueller team is a special counsel, not an independent counsel. Ken Starr, when he was looking into Bill Clinton's improprieties, was an independent counsel, meaning he had... Nothing on the line. Nothing on the line. Yeah, I mean, and no one was holding him back. He could subpoena, he could... You know, whatever he wanted. Well, that's a really damn good point. Yeah. Special counsel means that Mueller can't do squat without going to Rod Rosenstein. Right. So he's calling the shots, really. He's calling the shots. 
And okay. you know, he's been he's being called in contempt of Congress for not turning over information. He is calling the shots by default because Jeff Sessions recused himself. Right. How convenient. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, I think Rod well. Rosenstein needs to go. But yeah. it needs to be Jeff Sessions that gets rid of him, not the president. Well, but the president I, certainly has every right to. I think they need an independent counsel to investigate the special counsel as well. Yeah. It's exactly what needs to happen there. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I think that says a lot. Special counsel versus independent counsel. Ron yeah. Rosenstein did not want to lose control. Well, yeah, good point. Really good point. Okay, remember Michael Cohen. We talked a lot about him last week. We've talked a lot about him in the past. He is one of Trump's attorneys from the past. He happens to be the one that paid Stormy Daniels the the money to right. keep quiet about her one-time escapade with the president. Right. He said last week that he was going to cooperate with the special counsel. I mean, what else is he going to say? They raided his place. They've shut down his business. I mean, he's going broke. He's got a family. I mean, what else is he supposed to say? Right. I'm going to I'm gonna cooperate. That's what you say. Exactly. You know, when somebody's holding your feet over the fire, but Giuliani says they're not a bit worried about it. He said, if Cohen tells the truth, the president absolutely has nothing to worry about. Okay. That he's got nothing because there is nothing. Well, they they had a spy in the Trump camp forever, too. So if they would have had anything, it would have been a long time ago. Oh, you're right. It would have been out before the election. Think they're going to sit on something like that? No. They would have. I mean, they would have showed their hand immediately. Yeah. It would have been pouring down with leaks. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I'm not a big fan of Mr. McConnell, as you know, but... Right. You know. Yeah, not a big fan of him either. But he's being harassed in, in public places by crowds protesting pretty much everything about him. <laughs> I don't think he should have to endure that. Wow. He had to literally leave a restaurant Sunday in Kentucky. That's his home state. Right. Because it was getting so bad, and... Here's the interesting part about it, and we talk about freedom of speech. I'm, I'm a big cheerleader for freedom of speech, but the crowd or a couple of people in the crowd said, we know where you live, Mitch. Now, to me, that's a bit threatening. Wow. But the yeah. gurus say that that is freedom of speech. To me, that's threatening. Well, Sometimes there's a fine line between freedom of speech and a threat yeah i think it's debatable uh, you know we know where you live we're gonna come wash your windows <laughs> so <laughs> would you? <laughs> you you hear what i'm saying right yeah I do. so if I you do. think of well, it that way it's not very threatening at all well and yeah. that's what the judges say that the judges say yeah. you err in the side of caution when it comes to free speech and you imagine just what you no. said. You have to say something yeah. like, we're going to come to your place and kill you. Right, right. Yeah, then you're in trouble. But, hip, hip, hooray. The whole soccer team has been rescued in Thailand. Amazing. Including their coach. And did you know their coach is only 25 years old? No, I had no idea. Bless his heart. Wow. What a huge... Wow. Burden 
and situation for a 25-year-old. I mean, maybe I'm getting old, but that seems like a kid, too. Yeah. Oh, well, my goodness. So the future movie has an ending, and it's a good ending. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes. It'll be. I saw yeah. some of the video of the actual rescue. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It was giving me a panic attack just oh, yeah. hearing what they were going to have to do. Yeah, me too. I'm totally claustrophobic. I can't look at anything like that. I just, like, I can't watch it on TV even. I have to look away. I can't even watch people crawling into oh, cracks and caves. You feel that big knot in your chest? Oh, yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But speaking of soccer players, here's something really cool. The Japanese psychic octopus that predicted the Japanese soccer team's record in the World Cup has yeah. been eaten. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, he was living in a restaurant, and you got to know your future's bleak if you're in a Japanese restaurant and you're an octopus. Absolutely. You know, That's hilarious. When other teams have like a little mascot like this, they name them. They didn't even name the octopus, so you knew it was going to be bad in the end anyways, right? So, well, the Japanese like their octopus. Yeah, so after the, the Japanese team lost their elimination game to Belgium... Peta was furious and tweeted, this is what happens when people use animals as entertainment. So I suppose that means that everyone eats their parrot after it says Polly wants a cracker. <laughs> well, oh, please. you know, if you yeah. use Peta logic there, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just ridiculous. They, they don't believe you should kill a fly. Well, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, and we don't always agree, but... Life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor, and Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.